0: mm
1: Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Everybody, welcome to the Weekend Gardener. Mike Raley here, and Brother Rufus is over there. Oh, you've, you've changed your glasses. Did you get those in uh, Little Washington at the Oyster Roaster?
2: Well, uh. Or did somebody give them to you? No, it's, it's my standard uh, Dollar Tree. In uh, Siler City. Siler City.
1: How about that? Well, I just don't recognize those. I guess I haven't been paying. Well, they're nothing.
2: they're a nasty
1: yeller. <laughs> well, I think they're. Uh, I don't know. They're they're kind of.
2: Uh... They get Na- getting toward yellow but that
3: Na- nasty yellowish tan is a pretty good it's, it's more
2: of a tan I think counselor. Well, when you get my age you can do a lot of things you wouldn't normally do. Yeah,
1: and wearing glasses like well,
2: that is one of them. Well, they are they're designer glasses. I <laughs> went one time gave a speech in Atlanta. And this woman said, oh, I just love your designer glasses. Where did you get them? I said, well, I got them at the Dollar Tree in Siler City. She said, oh, where is that wonderful little place?
1: <laughs> it's where Aunt Bee is. Yeah,
2: and I, I described Aunt B's, uh home there, and, and she said, well, I, I, might, I might check that out. Well, I never told her any different. Yeah. She had never heard of a Dollar Tree. Yeah. Now, they've gone up, though. They're, they're $1.25 now. And you are up to three hundred. I'm up to 300. power three hundred. I'm power. up to three hundred.
1: All right. Well, Gerald Adams is with us. Gerald, you all right?
3: I'm pretty good.
1: It was kind of nice just sit, standing outside in the cold and talking in the parking lot. We yeah. had we had a good time doing that. But um,
2: I don't know we got much accomplished.
1: No, no, I don't. I don't know how often we get things accomplished on this show. I'd like to think we do but uh, some days we do and some days we don't at any rate we've got 3 hours to to deal with uh, the problems of the gardening world so that's what we're going to do and we may drive off the road but you were just talking about your your wife's car steers you back on the road and a lot of cars do that now keep you in the lane that's that's what I'm going to try and do is is keep us headed in the right direction well of you don't talk about liver mush <laughs> However, I come from a family of people who drove race cars, so I I'm, we may get through the show quicker than we should and in a ditch. Well, I, I've ridden with you. On many Wait a minute now, but, I, there was we one time. Hit, we haven't hit the ditch yet. One time when I drove fast, and that was just to pass <laughs> three uh,
2: state-owned tractors out in the middle of nowhere. And ended up in three counties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was because, uh, well, I don't want to get into that. That was a direct. Poor directions. That was poor directions, and I didn't use my GPS. I used my hard head instead.
2: Well, you know what I remember about that day the most? That wonderful peach ice cream. <laughs> At, uh, what's Rob name? Ford's yeah, Rob. Parent, uh,
1: mm-hmm. mother and father made yes. that, and uh, they were sitting there. They were they were uh, some of the culprits. They were among those who gave us uh, directions to to the uh, what was a Flat River Cafe. Well, there are three different Hurtle, sets of Hurtle directions. Mills. Yeah, well, there there are three roads that go to Hurdle Mills. <clears throat> we just
3: went down all three.
1: We <laughs> apparently we apparently went. To, we're just driving along, and uh, Rufus said, this is an Orange County sign. He
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: said, so we're going in the wrong direction. We're going west, and we should be going back toward Raleigh, back toward 501, but we made, we made it. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. So, Rufus, you made it through the... Uh, I guess the barriers are not up yet for downtown, something you've experienced many, many times. The Raleigh Christmas Parade is going on today.
2: Well, it used to come down right in front of my office, and I could <clears throat> poke my head out the the second, the third floor of my office and look right down on them, but now they, they stick with Fayetteville Street because I'm right there on uh, Salisbury, and I love the Christmas Parade. Uh Never been in it, though.
1: I I, I've uh, been in it uh, at some point in the in the last – mainly, I guess, in the late 70s, early 80s. We used to – of course, we were right on Salisbury Street. And it at that time, uh, let's see, Fayetteville Street had, at some point in the 70s, had become a mall, so you couldn't go down there. So it went down – hills. started at St. Mary's in Hillsborough – and came down to Salisbury and turned and went down toward um, Lenore, I guess, yeah, and then that was it. so our station at 410 South Salisbury Street was right there, and you could go up on the roof and watch it, and uh, we did reports from up there. but uh, we were also in the parades over the years, various members of the those legendary <clears throat> guys that uh, graced the airways
2: at WPTF. But, well, you and I were talking, Mike, about <clears throat> sort of a pipe dream. But wouldn't it be wonderful, as we discussed, to do a show from the Christmas parade? We could have our setup right on the right on the
1: float, and uh, but I don't I don't know. Battery power power would be the problem. We could we could do it otherwise. We could figure out a way to have a good long battery power for uh, mixers and. Our...
3: Quiet generator, like I have to use for some craft fairs.
1: We, yeah, I, I, I think it's something.
3: I mean, you can put it ten foot from you, and you can't. It wouldn't affect a normal conversation. I
1: would like really this. love to do that. Now it's a little cold. Yeah. We might be, we might be have our long johns on this morning, but it would still be fun. We could put heavy garments on. Yeah, that's right.
3: Look into that.
2: I could wear my coonskin cap that I got at Tweetsie Railroad. What are but, we going to do about those all those tomatoes and people things that people throw at us? Well, I can't uh, guarantee uh, your safety. I
1: think you'd have to sign a release before you got on the thing. As a matter of fact, and you understand, I understand releases. <laughs> <laughs> you know our our uh, our old friend. More your friend than mine. I, I, I really looked up to Wesley Williams. But I talked to him. I, when he was in charge all those years from the 40s up until sometime, I guess, in the 90s maybe when he retired, the, he was in charge of the Christmas parade because he was, he was head of the Raleigh Merchants Association, Raleigh Merchants Bureau. And they were in charge of the parade. And they still are. And the reason... That it uh, falls bef- the weekend before Thanksgiving, which some people complain about, is because they they, they get, the merchants in Raleigh felt that it was better to get a jump on Black Friday mm-hmm. and get people all stirred up and in the Christmas spirit, and and that's why it's it's it's. Uh, well, I'm sure Wesley was is. at the first one they had. Uh, he probably was, and I think that was in the 30s, maybe, but uh, in the 40s. It's when it uh, really it started coming the the weekend before Thanksgiving, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. But it has a long, long, wonderful tradition, and it's it's the biggest parade, city parade uh, between Washington and Atlanta. So it's like Cameron Village used to be the the only shopping center between Washington and Atlanta at one time, or the Village District. So.
2: That's hard for me to say. The <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, you say what you want to. It's, a, yeah. it's the village
1: district now. <clears throat> 919-860-9783. So that's something we sh- we should consider. Um,
2: and, Maybe you and better talk to Big Daddy about that.
1: I'm sure he would. He would make it happen if, if the engineers could could figure it out. If it was something that uh, re- would you be willing to do yes, that, Gerald? Yes. If we could sit up. I'm on up, board. We could sit up there. With the engineers sitting in a little chair, <laughs> and of course they would have to. We'd have to wear seatbelts, probably, wouldn't we? I would think so. Or, or stand up.
2: We'd probably have to stand. No, up. I don't think we can stand yeah, yeah. up
1: for the whole thing. We'd have we'd have to sit down. I think we'd have have to
2: have cushier chairs than we got.
1: <laughs> Those right. things
2: that we pull out of the van are are hard on on us. But I'm already thinking about what in the world would I do about my diuretics of having to get up about every thirty minutes and run. To the restroom now. I don't want to discuss that. Well there the there are there, there are a
1: lot of uh, shops downtown, there are a lot of office buildings. You could stop at the Edmonston building mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, run and catch up. <laughs> hey, wait, ho ho. Come
2: back, Shane. Come Bye. back, Shane. Well there's
1: always there's always a chink in the armor.
2: Yes. As they say, we would handle mount a porta potty
1: to the back (laughs) (laughs) of the trailer. We can have we can have a porta potty sponsor. Oh my goodness! And it could be decorated. (laughs) Here goes (laughs) Rufus walking walking from one end to the into the then. Okay, well, that's something to consider. I think that aspect of it would work too.
3: So it didn't take us long to get off
1: no, track. No, no, wait. <laughs> That's all right. Why don't we talk about the tomato that uh, suddenly appeared in your on your vine? Uh, was that this week
3: or I, last I, I, week?
2: I took uh, <clears throat> four tomatoes off that wonderful plant that Gerald gave me. Dwarf a Awesome. Dwarf Awesome. A, A-W-E-S-O-M-E. A nice compact plant. Slice size,
3: yeah, not giant, but you still can make a sandwich. As my brother used to say, you got to
2: put two slices side by side. (laughs) Oh yeah, but I, I make sense. I noticed that I asked Gerald about that a while ago. Uh, It produced for a while, then just just shut down. Had some blossoms on it, and he explained that was the hot weather and other climates. And then, about in the the month of September, I, I saw kick back into gear. It kicked back into gear big time, and I've had, I've had three messes off of it. Now they they I picked them green a week ago, mm-hmm. and and I've got them rolled up, and I don't know whether it does any good or not, but I've got them rolled up, and uh, I'm I'm trying for, I'm I'm trying to preserve them, Gerald till Christmas, and I have had some experience before, of putting them in newspaper, put them in a box, put them down in my basement on on some of the dirt floor, and drag them out, and some have rotted, and, and uh, at times I've had good tomatoes yep. preserving them that way. I, wh- what is it? Uh, well, the, the key is that
3: the fruit has to be fully mature. Now, it's a little deceptive because... Tomatoes mature all the time at different sizes, so you know every tomato is not going to be the same size when it matures. But if they're fully mature, most of the time those will ripen on their own. They're a little bit slower uh, to do it, and the ones that usually rot on you were the ones that were not mature enough to go ahead and ripen. Right. Uh, so that's why you'll you know you won't all of them won't turn, but it's certainly worth a shot because you'll you'll be surprised. Well, these are about the size of a tennis
2: ball. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. So,
3: and so, they're
1: very popular. That's the the type of tomato that's really yeah. popular because they're so reliable. It's hard, to, as Gerald was talking about, to make a a sandwich. I guess we could we so could it's, make it's a been, it's a, been awesome a finger sandwich.
3: Well, no, you still you just put two layers, two pieces side beside, or if you really want <laughs> to, you put four pieces on it, two on top, and still two. Well, side how about by a double? Side. Uh, you can go to that. You're getting up. into a little merit grill action there. Like I think you'd, there. you'd
1: really now. Some people like to smash their sandwiches yeah, down well. a little bit. I think you'd really have to smash, and then you might you you might get some juice residue. all over you. Yeah, you <laughs> might you not, might get
2: not with the amount of mayonnaise I put. In it.
1: <laughs> oh well, that would come out too. Yeah. So yeah, we'd ha-
3: we'd have to consider that.
2: Well, Gerald, we haven't given up on the Rufus tomato have we
3: no Did? Rufus tomatoes
2: in good shape we'll have you i call that something road to begin with I think. well
3: i just stick when when i'm crossing stuff i i don't do enough things where i got by messing with like 30 or 40 different ones at the time which you know most people number them is how they keep up with them i usually take the ones that really get me excited and i'll I, I may refer to it as Hodge Road. That was the road that I grew up on, that our farm was on. So knowing that I usually wait till I'm about three years into it before I go to putting a name because you can just see so many variations come off of it. So you don't want to waste a good name on one. Yeah. And one of the variations ended up being uh, better. Don't, but, don't waste but, my name. Better than one. So, But this one I, I, I liked, and it's uh, it's different looking. It has a good taste to it. and. I will have some of them available for sale next year, but I will put the little caveat on it, still developing. There could be some of these that, you know, um, we could plant 40 of the plants and 35 of them could be identical to the fruit this year. And there could be four or five that were a little something different and it may be better, may maybe not. Well, so.
2: I'm still developing.
3: But, but a lot, you'd be surprised how many uh People like trying things like that where you're not exactly sure. We think it's going to be this, but you, I have them report back to me and let me know if there was a variation from what it was supposed to be.
1: Yeah. 919-860-9783. Richard is with us in Raleigh. Good morning, Richard.
4: Uh, good morning, y'all. Just had a follow-up comment about uh, Little Washington uh, oysters and then the horseradish experiment. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, uh, I— before I joined the Navy, I worked for uh, WITN, and of course their uh, their call sign is followed by Washington. The Studio was actually in uh, Winnity. Yeah, and uh, so I guess all you have to do is get a post office box, and you can call yourself anywhere. <laughs> and the transmitter was in uh, <laughs> Grifton. Right, and uh, at home of the Shad Festival.
2: That's right. I'm into
4: that one, Richard. Yes, yeah. sir. And, uh, well, who would ever imagine that they'd have to put limits on shad, but uh, uh, this resource is stable now. Anyway, uh, the uh, on the oysters, uh, I remember the good old days in, when I was living in Moorhead City, you could get a bushel for $5, and uh, I'd take uh, a bushel of oysters. Uh, and sit in the alley behind the house with a six-pack of tall buds and a lemon and just eat till I drop.
1: Wow. How about that? Well,
4: I I just returned from
2: the uh, Little Washington Oyster Roast this year, and they were sold out mid-October, and luckily I brought with me a shucker. Yep. Do that, that's, that's, you have a
1: holster for that chucker?
2: That oh man, he had he had a, a wham. Oh, you
1: yeah. brought a person to shuck. A person, yeah. A judge.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this was an addition to my brother-in-law, the judge. Oh, okay.
1: You had a we, car full then.
2: we had a, <clears throat> a shucker, and you just stand there, and they have these wonderful little cups of butter. And he shucks, and I ate. So you hired a shucker. Well, I paid for his way in there. <laughs> Why well, uh, about that?
1: That is, that is first class when you hire somebody to shuck your your oysters. Yeah. It can be a dangerous thing
4: uh, and, uh, to uh,
1: shuck an oyster.
4: It, it, it can be. I was at a party one time, and I had to have one last oyster before going, and you should always have a towel or a glove. And uh, I didn't want to bother with it, and I just announced you should always wear a glove or have protection and of course, that was the time that I missed. Right. And, uh, see, case in point, you couldn't get a better demonstration, but, uh, uh and it's interesting with oysters, uh, they, they do taste different based on the location. There used to be a, a place in Wilmington on Oleander, which, uh, was called Cape Fear Seafood. Yeah. And, and uh. They had a uh, oyster cleaning machine. It was a perforated barrel with a sprayer, and it was uh, it was the connoisseur's place to go for oysters. Uh, anywhere from uh, Hoboken uh, down to uh, practically Myrtle Beach. Yeah. The uh, the reason they t- they can taste different is uh, the uh, plankton is different in the areas, but. Uh, Anyway, on the uh, horseradish that I got from Phil uh, earlier, uh, it didn't exactly look like the ones that you get in the store. The uh, they look it looked more like an octopus when I pulled it up. Really? Yeah. How about that? Well, I tried some this morning, and the uh, small roots I had to eat were. Uh, too small to use a regular peeler so I had to peel them just using a knife, threw them into an omelette with some uh, fresh ginger and scallions and soy sauce and that worked great.
1: Wow. That's an omelette. Is that how you make your omelettes Rufus? What do you put in I, yours? Well
4: I, I,
2: I put olives I, I of course put cheese I put onions and I, I put uh, uh, <coughs> well tater tots
1: yeah sure have some potatoes that's that's very french that's what the french do they put they cut up potatoes and put in put in their omelets but uh, i don't know but i can't warm up to an olive in my omelet i'm oh, sorry be
4: good
1: i don't know it's just with some feta cheese <laughs> yeah uh, the cheese would be fine i don't know rufus we'd, we'd have to agree to disagree on that
2: well, let me make you one sometime. Then, All right,
1: uh, I'm uh,
4: sure
2: it'll be
1: great.
4: <coughs> well, we'll,
1: be,
2: uh, well, Richard, when you you uh, cut your horseradish up, what what kind of little you cut it up in little
4: tidbits or what?
1: We got about thirty seconds.
2: Uh,
4: about an eighth of an inch or so, and then, uh, it, but it wasn't as nuclear as I'd hoped.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, something they can work on if you're really trying to find hot. Hot horseradish.
4: Well, you have to let it uh, let your taste buds know what the good Lord gave them to you for. Well, that's
1: true. That's true. We don't want to shock them, though. You might not be able to use them for a week. <laughs> Richard, thank you. Always nice hearing oh, from uh, you.
4: Y'all have a great one. Thank you for too. being here for us.
1: Yes, sir. Bye, I, bye-bye. All right, uh, Mike Rayley here along with uh, Brother Rufus Edmonston and uh, Brother Gerald Adams with you on The Weekend Gardener. This morning, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Let's get back to The WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 837 919 919-860-WPTF. The camellias are just breathtaking right think. now. <laughs> they are so happy and have been for several weeks now, the Sasanqua camellias. And there are just so many varieties. They are – we were out at the farmer's market. Of course, uh, we were at the at, uh, Garden Hut last week. And um, – all of the garden centers have the dwarf varieties now so if you want a camellia that is not going to grow 20 30 feet tall eventually then uh they are there are some really pretty varieties that are available out there gerald i'm sure you're familiar with all of
3: them uh, <clears throat> yes that's uh i mean it's it's really been the trend in the last 20 years particularly in and shrubs is can can we make a smaller version? Because, you know, yards have gotten smaller, lot sizes have gotten smaller. You already have maybe some kind of foundational planning and you want to put something in front of it all from it. Well, it just can't get 10, 12, 15 foot tall. So there are lots of camellias now that are in that at maturity, you know, five, six foot kind of range, and even some that may stay closer to four foot. Uh, and that just gives you so many more options design-wise and what you can do with them.
1: Rufus, you have any dwarf variety camellias?
2: Uh, only a few. I, mine, a lot of mine were planted 30 years ago. And if you want to get one that's 25 feet tall, get something called apple blossom. <laughs> that's a, yeah. If you like white.
3: That's, that's a big
2: one. That's a white-pink. Pink-white? Pink, so, pink, white, I don't know. Well, yeah, sort of a pink, A pinky, white yeah. pinky. Just think of what an apple blossom looks like, and you're going to pretty well get it. Uh I have been looking too, Gerald, for my uh, what? What is that brand uh, of of gardenia that's supposed to be blooming now twice a year? Mike? Uh, Prince Charles is Prince, one of
1: them that was developed, in yeah, you know, uh, Prince City. Well,
2: they call it. Uh, they've
3: changed the name. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, uh, out of that, uh, and it. The, what's so unique about it is, is it doesn't go dormant during the heat. In other words, it'll bloom on through. The, you'll have blooms right on through the summer. Yeah. And it'll be way earlier, kicking back into the fall than you know your traditional ones. You get a late spring, early summer, then you get kind of another round right. uh, in the fall of the year. But the Prince Charles is is it just kept right on blooming during the heat. Well, we we met the, the person. We sure who, did. Uh, he's uh, he's
1: retired now. Unfortunately, I, mean, I don't think he's retired. Retired, but he uh, I don't know if he's going to develop any more plants like that. But we were out at Camco. Yeah, feel feel dark. Phil was uh, so nice. He he came over there just to visit with us, and at Camco, uh, just west of Pittsburgh, when we were out there doing a show, our re- most recent
2: one. And uh, yeah, what a what a smart guy. I I believe I have a japonica that's getting ready to bloom. It's not too early for a japonica, is it, Gerald? S- steady as she goes. That's what the Prince
3: Charles. Stead Stead goes Okay, was, 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 yeah. was changed too. So that's the same. It's the same thing if you yeah. see it somewhere.
1: I, I don't think. I don't know that it's too. It's something. It's hard to tell anymore whether it's too early or too late for something. To, well, to bloom. It, it, it's
2: a red and white uh, mixed color. Big bloom. Bigger leaves. Looks like japonica to me. Mm-hmm. Only got one on it that's in bloom little early, I think, yes,
3: yes, what you I mean and you know i I don't look at the climate charts and the things for you know are we you know, is everything warmer, but it just seems that October and November now the temperatures stay a little higher than it did 20 years ago uh and those little tweaks and things can can make a difference on wind stuff blooms. Uh, I know you're not one of these crazy pruners, but some people that get out and prune kind of hard, they change up the pattern of when stuff's going to bloom, particularly stuff that may bloom on old wood, and they've cut, you know, they're having to create new wood, and then in turn that will, in the second year, bloom. So I wouldn't get too crazy uh, uh, about it now, but not many japonicas would be blooming, you know. Right. There, There are a few... I call kind of mid-December, but that's usually about the earliest you see most things in the J- Japonica family blooming.
1: Let's uh, go to – excuse me, I was drinking my tea here. Uh, Dave is in Raleigh. Hey, Dave.
5: Good morning. Oh, wait a minute. I thought I was calling the weekend to show. Well, I'll tell you, we just uh, – you know,
1: I just felt that we should talk about what Rufus did last weekend. He's, he's always up to something well it was delicious dave (laughs) but i'm sure y'all talked about plants and i bet y'all talked about the weekend gardener didn't you oh there were some listeners there who were very familiar with the weekend how about that well god bless i
5: got a somewhat group variety so on the camellia front um my wife just had uh had me plant five decent-sized camellias she's looking to form a kind of a hedge um from a from a seasonal watering perspective, when is it safe? I mean, we haven't been getting a ton of rain. When is it safe to stop watering these things? You know, recognizing that I, I risk my pipes or hose freezing up given some of the weather we've had lately.
3: When when were they planted?
5: Um, probably a month ago.
3: Yeah, g- generally speaking, I would probably put you at the sixty day window. Once we get to where A is no longer. 75, 80 degrees and sunny. There's so much less stress stress on the plants and they require less water. Uh, <clears throat> what's a little, and so I, you know, I tell people once it starts to cool off, then it's not as important if we went, you know, two and a half weeks and didn't get any rain and maybe you need to, you know, hit them one time. But the flip side of that is if we all of a sudden have a lot of nights getting below freezing. Because when it gets below freezing, it just pulls all the moisture up out of the ground. Uh, but usually by the time we get to Thanksgiving, we don't water hardly ever do we water anything that we planted in the in the in fall, say September or, or early October, unless we just get into a really long period of time with no rain and I'm talking about you know two plus weeks of rain or mm-hmm. if we all of a sudden are having, you know, seven, eight nights in a row that it gets below freezing, then we may come back because it just really gets the top, you know, six, nine inches of the soil really, really dry. We may come back and hit them one time, you know, a month or something like that.
5: Got it. So you're in short, you're, you'd tell me to. Keep watering for another two, three
3: weeks. Yeah, just keep. I mean, if we if we catch one rainfall in a week, you're good. Don't don't worry about it. uh Got it. But because they've been in the ground, you know, not long enough to get a chance to reroot. You could go to them right now and grab them, and pull them right up out of the ground. You wouldn't need a shovel uh, of mm-hmm. anything. And most uh evergreen shrubs like that are a little slower to root, but just just not going to be a lot of pressure put on them when it doesn't get over. 60 degrees during the daytime even if it is full and sunny
5: got it um and then sort of related question i had a um i went out and got a seven foot uh crepe myrtle bald and burlap and you know they needed a, um, a bobcat to put it in my truck which i don't have a bobcat at home so i had a couple of guys come over pull the thing out dig the hole and plant it
1: how did you bribe um, them <laughs>
5: Uh, it cost me a couple 12 packs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's reasonable. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the issue is they didn't do a hole that was double the width of the ball. So I went out after they left and kind of dug out further and put good dirt in almost like a, a large moat around, around that as a way to you know kind of get to the same place. Um, is that a is that a a good way to have done it? The, the, or is there something else I need to do? I mean I didn't go all the way into the root ball. There might be an inch or two of, you know, native dirt clay between the root ball and my my boat.
3: Yeah, generally speaking, that shouldn't be a problem. What you wouldn't want to do is to do that deeper down than the root ball was, because then you can make a kind of a place where water could possibly stay on below where the root ball is at. Uh, Yeah, if
5: anything, I didn't go that deep.
3: Yeah, that's fine. The one thing to keep an eye on uh, with the ball and burlap ones, if you didn't stake it, sometimes they can lean. Now, you don't see it as much. I'm assuming it's probably dropped all the leaves off now. So when they don't have leaves on them, they're not as top heavy, but that but you still need to keep an eye on it next spring when it starts to leaf out, because mm-hmm. the, those bat ball and burlap once it gets some leaves on the top and it, you know it's not going to do a lot of rooting from now to springtime. You can get some really heavy wind from a certain angle. Next thing you know, the tree's not standing up straight, and you don't want it to continue and grow out, which is one of the primary reasons for for staking trees in the first place. Uh, is to, it. to give them a chance to reroot and grow up. It's not always necessary, but because you've made looser dirt even farther around it, then that's going to make it easier for that root ball to possibly maybe do a little tilt on you. So it's just something to keep an eye on in the spring as it starts to grow out.
2: Got it. Well, Dave, you've uh, got you've got a plant there that's pretty hard to kill too. Yes. <laughs> so you, uh, even if your your guys didn't go out a, a foot from the root ball. Six inches is what I normally do with a, a crepe myrtle if it's a bigger one, and it, it goes just well because when those roots start, they'll even go through that clay, won't they, Yes, you know? they'll go right on
3: through the clay. Maybe throw your handful or two of slow-release fertilizer when you see it start to leaf out in the spring, and it'll be off to the races.
5: Great. Um, hey, seasonal question for you guys. You you uh... – have done those uh the giving tree and stuff up at the farmers market around christmas and on thanksgiving.
1: Yes, and we will do that on uh they'll put it I don't know if they've already got it out, probably they'll put it out after thanksgiving, but we'll be there on the 10th of december.
5: Got it. Okay, good. I look forward to seeing you guys.
1: Yeah, please come by. Hey, how would you like to be in Buffalo New, Mo- New York this morning? Um
5: no, I'm not doing a lot of planting up. This <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, I don't know if they got a gardening show up there, but it's probably not on this morning. I don't know. But thank you very much, Dave. We'll see you on the, the 10th of December. All right,
5: great. Have a good day, guys.
1: You thank too. You. Bye. All right, we'll talk to Steve coming up after uh, a bit of a break here for our wonderful sponsors here on WPTF's Weekend Gardener. It's 849. you are listening to the longest running gardening show on the radio. It's the
3: WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. And we
1: are running for our lives. (laughs) And running this into the ground as you've uh, probably been listening. From oysters to little tomatoes to I don't know what all. So Steve is in Garner. Hey Steve, how you doing?
0: Oh, you know you have one of those weeks. You do something that you question your intelligence.
1: <laughs> and you do, you, you do too much, huh? Off. Yeah, you do too much and you overdo it. Yeah, we all do that.
0: Yeah, well, I cut the tip of my finger off. Oh, wow. The bad thing is, and the embarrassing part is, as much as I cook, I thought I'd do it with a chef's knife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did it with a folding chair. A folding
1: chair. Oh, my hurt. gosh. But, oh, uh, wow. I bet that hurt.
0: Mm. Well, actually, no, it didn't. Apparently, uh, the, uh, what is it, the adrenaline set in, uh-huh. and I didn't feel a thing until uh, yes, till last night. It actually started to throb a little bit, but uh, I haven't had any pain. It's just, yeah. I don't have a I don't have a fingertip on my index finger on my right hand anymore.
1: I'll be doggone. Well, maybe but it'll other grow than back.
0: That, uh, my, my tomatoes are done. <laughs> oh, they finally yeah. are, huh? Yeah, I think the freeze got them uh, two nights ago. Yeah. Because that plant is just a mass of brown sitting out there. But uh, uh, other than that, I'm, I'm doing great. This is, uh, I'm. Getting my strength back. My heart doctor said this week that uh, my heart was in really good shape.
1: So I'm, well. I'm glad. That's that's wonderful. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you you were uh, able to call us. Well, Steve, you
2: you weren't uh, cooking when you cut your finger. No, it no, 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 was a the chair.
0: Embarrassing part for me. I yeah. thought for sure, as much as I cook, that and as much as I use a chef's knife. That I would one day look like the uh, Galloping Gourmet, if you remember him back in the seventies. Oh yeah, and, uh, Canadian, French Canadian, uh, and that was his uh, signature. He he hold his hand up, and you'd see the tip of his finger. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, this, uh, if you if you have never heard of him. Look him up on the internet. He is fun to watch. He has a lot of good recipes too. Fantastic. But, um, we learned. We took the last remaining of the tomatoes, and we made uh, spaghetti sauce for future. Ooh, very good. We have about four or five cans of uh, mason jars of orange, <laughs> orange tomato, uh, orange tomato tomato sauce. But it's pretty good stuff.
1: I expect so. I expect so. so. What you do said, What do y'all put in uh, in in your sauce? Uh, go, uh I, have
0: you ever smoked a garlic clove?
1: You uh, mean, you not know? not lately. <laughs> 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 I, I smoked a Marlboro about uh, fifty years ago, but I I
0: do that every time I get a clove. I, if I know I'm going to cook out i get a clove from the farmer's market and uh, smoke it. And I put smoked garlic, and uh, one of them has paprika, garlic, and onion, and another one has garlic and onion. And uh, the third one is just straight up. We didn't put any seasoning in it. We'll put seasoning in it when we cook it.
1: How about that?
2: Well, That's I a- thought Steve was talking about smoking a joint of
0: garlic.
1: No, I I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think. uh... It
0: doesn't like good at a pike there,
1: uh, you know. Boy, did we just drive off the road there. Um, (laughs) I'm glad we're out of time for this hour. (laughs) 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 Steve, you take it easy, buddy. Thank you guys a lot. Stay away from folding chairs.
0: Yeah, that's it. All right, buddy.
2: All
1: right. (laughs) Bye-bye.
2: Rufus. Can smoked. you can you believe such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you encountered while uh, Attorney General? Well, when you grew up on a farm, you smoked a little bit of everything. <laughs> smoked garlic? Ra- rabbit tobacco. Remember oh, that, yeah. Gerald? Sure. Rabbit tobacco. I've
1: heard people talk about well, it. Well, they had rabbits. They didn't have – and they had tobacco. But, yeah. Well, at any rate, we'll be back, I think, unless, unless somebody appears <laughs> at the <laughs>
2: door. <laughs> unless
0: they <laughs> cut this station <laughs> off. <laughs>